0: Hey everybody, it's your boy Bradley Thompson here, and we are back with another episode of the Living the Canadian Dream podcast. Today, I am here with a very special guest. We are over Zoom. We're doing everything digital today, just due to the circumstances with the pandemic. Um, but I am here with Nuncio Presta. How are you doing? Can't
1: complain. Things are good. How about yourself?
0: Very good. Doing very well. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about your background, your background, what makes you special? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what makes me special? Okay. So, um, so, so I'm, I'm a husband, uh, I'm a awesome. father, uh, and, and an ex pro athlete turned entrepreneur. So, um, I, I, guess, you know, that's, that, that's what makes me, me special. That's awesome. my drive. And that's my, you know, that's in my DNA. Uh, and I'm also the founder and CEO of BuyAndSellABusiness.com. and
0: yeah. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. And that, that was definitely something that stood out when I read your bio initially, I was just like, this is very interesting because not only just the entrepreneurship thing, but also the ex pro athlete thing. That's very cool.
1: Yeah. It's- which, which there's tons of overlaps. in my yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So, so what uh sport did you play? I played hockey. Awesome. That's I was fantastic. A, I, was
1: a, I was a goalie. So, uh, oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> used, used to that spotlight The the, you know, the one thing that you know, being a goalie taught me, and I kind of, you know, brought this over to business as well. Is you know, a lot of people don't, uh, you know, recognize or or see uh, when you're consistently doing a good job, but they'll spot out the one mistake or That's one. Error. So uh,
0: That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> no, no, that is honestly so true because that always happens with teams like the Leafs. You know, everybody just points out the minute they lose, just all of the negativity.
1: Yeah and Crazy. it's and it's you know and I and I always you know right now like leading and and building a business and growing I always try to you know look at you know what athletics it taught me and what hockey taught me and you know I've even seen that you know um happen with this uh pandemic right mm-hmm. it was you know you could you could spot out the businesses that uh you know weren't prepared absolutely uh, for, for taking on this sort of um, pandemic. Um, granted, you know, there was no playbook for this, you know, it was new to everyone, but there were more businesses, you know, or, or at least a ton of businesses that were prepared, but you mm-hmm. can definitely spot out the ones that weren't. So,
0: Absolutely. You know. Yeah. No, no, it's so true. You know, the adaptability of this whole situation, it's very interesting. It's a very, weird situation but that's very cool that you were you know an ex-athlete that's awesome you know I always love talking to you know ex-athletes athletes athletes, because the perspective on life is always a little bit different you know because you came up with a specific sport you got really good at that sport and you kind of dedicated yourself and then you kind of switch gears I assume to the business world and sort of bring all those skills over
1: yeah and and for me it taught me one important uh I guess uh, one important thing and it was just you know, knowing when to um, walk away from something or try harder. Mm-hmm. So, like for me, hockey was my life since I was a little kid, and mm-hmm. I found myself at you know 22, I believe, you know, asking myself, you know, should I should I continue and push forward or should I just walk away yeah. from something I've known my entire life? Awesome. Um, so that's that's something you know I always tell people is probably one of the most important questions you'll constantly ask yourself while you're, you know, auditing life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No. And it makes so much sense. Um, And it's something that, you know, people definitely need to ask themselves. Like, should I walk away? Should I go all in on this? You know, being critical about the situation. That's very cool. Um, So tell me a little bit about your business. So buying a business.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, we, you know, the, the idea for the marketplace um, you know, was born in in about in in 2012, uh, and then we officially launched in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, uh, what BuyAndSellBusiness.com is is an online marketplace where people can buy, sell, and grow businesses uh, or franchises every day, um, ideally in the micro market, which we okay. define as. Ah, uh, businesses or franchises with a valuation of under five million. Okay, um, and, and what we're doing every single day is we're we're basically creating uh, the perfect environment and community uh, where engaged buyers and sellers can easily connect.
0: Awesome, that's very cool. So, how did you come up with that idea? How did it all start?
1: Yeah, for for me, you know, how how I got into this uh, space was. Um, you know, a typical entrepreneurial story, mm-hmm. uh, through my own pain. Uh, so while in university, uh, right after I decided to walk away from my hockey career, uh, I started um, a business with a friend of mine. Um, we gr- we brought it up to, a, you know, we, we grew it up, up to a pretty decent size, mm-hmm. but we both, you know, we both looked at this business. And we're like, we don't, we don't have, you know, what it takes. We don't have the resources yeah. We don't have the expertise to actually grow this, this, this more. So I started looking for ways to try and sell this small little business. Okay. And I was hit with all sorts of, you know, walls, you know, uh, brokers would say we're too small. Realtors would, you know, rather sell a house yeah. uh, at that time, you know, publicly promoting it didn't really sit well with me um, because it was either going to be, uh, a newspaper, or some sort of online directory, or you're selling a business with, you know, used bikes and books and cats yeah. and dogs. And I was like, this doesn't seem right for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I looked into this space a little bit more, and I fell in love with it. Uh, yeah. I identified uh, a couple global uh, trends. Uh, one, one uh, is the amount of baby boomers okay. uh, that are looking to retire and and sell. Um, the next was I started already seeing, you know, eight years ago, this, this mindset shift between um, people wanting a nine to five and exploring uh, the whole entrepreneurship loss yeah. you know, yep. uh, sort of thing. So I said, okay, that's interesting. Uh, and then I also saw a lot of attraction uh, with foreign investors, you know, people looking to buy these small micro businesses in canada okay. for immigration reasons um so yeah so i i you know identified those things i i fell in love with it uh and you know i wake up every morning just excited That's you know awesome. to build this community uh and and build the best tools and solutions and services uh that can empower people to love what they do That's uh, and you know at the core of of you know our uh, our our company we truly believe that the vehicle for loving what you do is through entrepreneurship and business ownership. So, you know, all of us collectively as a team, we, we sit back, you know, uh, waking up every morning, trying to build this, this better, um, future and stronger economy. Uh, in my opinion, that starts and finishes with uh, the transition of small businesses, you know, small businesses are definitely, uh, the fabric of our local communities and, and global economy. And that's what really drives me.
0: Absolutely. That's great. That's fantastic. I love it. That's a like, it's an amazing story because you started um, with basically you had your own need and that's very interesting. And you know, a lot of entrepreneurs have a similar story. Like the reason they start their business is because they had a need or there was something that they wanted. So that's very interesting. Um, Are there any lessons that you've learned maybe from the first business that you started um, or maybe just the start of this business that you've learned along the way that like sort of people in those early stages could also sort of use on their journey, I guess.
1: Well, you know, I think when you're, when you're starting a business at the beginning, I think, you know, it, you need, you need to make sure that you um, have, have a division between uh, emotions and passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, they confuse the two. Um, and, and what you tend to have, especially when you're starting a business in the beginning is a lot of emotions. So yeah, you rush into decisions uh, you, you may, you may launch too soon uh, because you're trying to be fast yeah. uh, when in actuality, you need to act with speed and there's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I would say, especially at the beginning is, you know, have, you know, understand what, what being passionate about and what being emotional is about. Okay. Uh, and then the second thing I, you know, don't underestimate the, the power of a team yeah uh, that that is literally what will make or break you so um on board uh, diligently create mm-hmm. relationships okay uh, and and really understand that you need an a plus team uh, especially when starting a business to go through uh go through the trenches with you
0: no no it makes a lot of sense and you know you want to surround yourself with people that you know not only do you like but probably that have the skills so
1: absolutely. absolutely. Awesome. And, and, and uh, you know, on that topic of skills, mm-hmm. you know, that's another thing I learned. <laughs> mm-hmm. You need to, you need to prioritize soft skills in my opinion, over, over hard skills. For sure. So,
0: so what sort of soft skills would you say?
1: You know, for example, for... I think, you know, one of the biggest ones, one of my favorites is, is grit, right? You yeah. want to, you want to uh, deal with people that are, you know, that are passionate, uh, that are persistent, are persistent that, that yeah. have this, this go get it um, attitude and, and persevere uh, through tough times. Um, you know, you want, you want to have uh, uh, people that are uh, open to working with your team that yeah. are liable, um, that are focused, that are curious, Absolutely. energetic. Like those are the things in my opinion that it's very hard to teach. Yeah. Uh, I need to find those types of people. Uh, on the other hand, hard skills you know, yeah, they're they're extremely important. But
0: yeah.
1: if I had to pick, you know, someone with uh, amazing hard skills but zero soft skills, and someone with mediocre soft skill or uh, mediocre hard skills and unbelievable soft skills, I'm going to go with them. Yeah, you know, that's that's the investment I would make. Uh, sure. Going down the route of picking someone on hard skills, mm-hmm. it's a very uh, short term view.
0: For sure. So, do you even recommend that not only for people like say finding founders, but also for like your first employees? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's your that you know everyone that touches the business, um, whether it's the founders or employees. Yeah. that's That's approach you should take. Yeah. That's what creates culture, right? It's not really um, the things you say. It's it's what you do. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, and 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 what you do is usually driven by your soft skills.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no, and it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, for those businesses that are making that next step of hiring employees, you know, it's a big investment. So you want to make sure you make the right decision. So that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, for, say, franchises and stuff like that, for people that don't know the difference between like, say, buying a franchise and buying a, say, small business through your site, how would that work?
1: I think well, well buying through our say it's the same so you would you would basically people list their their independent business yep. or franchise on our marketplace and then our buyers are searching and exploring all sorts of opportunities and if they see something they they connect with that mm-hmm. uh, seller and uh, they have an offline conversation. So it it essentially, uh, you know, is the same same. uh, journey. Yeah. Uh, But I think one of the biggest uh, differentiators between, you know, owning a business independent business versus a franchise. uh, I I really think it comes down to just uh, support, you know, you buy an independent business, you know, that previous owner uh, will most likely stay on possibly. It depends on how you negotiate, but will most, uh, most likely, stay on you know anywhere from three to twelve months, okay. depending on how big, uh, depending on how big that business is for what they call a transition period. Okay. And then once that's done, it's done. It's your business, and, and it's yours to nurture and grow. Um, but with a franchise, you have that that support from the franchisor. Yeah. Forever. So you can lean on them for marketing. You can lean on them for all sorts of support that you need.
0: Yeah, for sure. So in terms of somebody that was thinking about you know moving into like say a franchise or purchasing a business what sort of advice would you give them um before they make their decision
1: yeah so i i always like to like to tell uh, a buyer or seller mm-hmm. is that you know there's there's a difference between uh, a valuable business and a sellable business mm-hmm. okay um and it and it applies whether you're to both whether you're the buyer looking uh, for a business or whether you're a seller uh, looking to build, you know, this sellable business. And it comes down to pretty much, we call them the three pillars. Okay. Uh, and the first is you want a business that has great timing on your hand. Okay. Uh, and what I mean by that is you want to make sure it aligns with social trends, economic yeah. trends, tech trends. Of course. Uh, for example, you wouldn't want to go buy a independent cab company right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, that time may have passed. There's a lot of pressure sure. in that space. Uh, the next is you really. The next thing is you really want to focus on the the business model, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you want you want the business model to be cl- clean. You want it to be preferably recurring. Yeah. You want you know see very limited peaks and valleys uh, in, in the cash flow, uh, and you want to make sure that you could defend um, the business model, and you could basically pitch to a seller or whatnot or a buyer yeah. that. You know the financial performance can be upheld, okay. so you want to have a focus around around that. Uh, and the next and, and last, in, in my in my opinion, the most important is mm-hmm. you want uh, to either build or buy uh, a self sufficient business. Okay, uh, and that's also known as a, switch, a Switzerland structure. Okay, so you don't want to buy a business that's dependent on one owner, one you know, one supplier, one client, one employee. Okay. Uh, you want a business. That is self-sufficient, meaning that anyone uh, that buys it can walk in and operate it. Uh, you great. know, it won't jeopardize, you know, some sort of deal or big relationship that'll make the um, the business just go downhill from that point.
0: Very interesting. Okay, cool. Um, in terms of people going into purchasing a business, so um, is there different things that you recommend for different stages at somebody's life, like whether they're younger or maybe older? Is there something that you sort of point something somebody towards
1: not not really i think it comes down to once again not making uh, making it uh, um, an emotional okay uh, acquisition uh i think it's just being really tuned into what you're passionate about yeah. and, and what and what you really want to do uh i also think it's um you know uh, understanding that um you know understanding uh, those three pillars that we just went over like yeah yeah those matter yeah uh, and and also, uh, you know, as a buyer, no matter you know what stage you're in, mm-hmm. uh, this is gonna this is probably you know one of the most um, one of the biggest assets you're you're gonna own. So of course, yeah. Uh, so really look at everything, every little detail of the business. Yeah. Uh, g- uh, during due diligence, to ensure that you're buying something that uh, is legit and something that you believe you have uh, what it takes to grow it.
0: Absolutely, yo, know, and, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, In terms of like the checklist going into it, like say you're thinking about purchasing, you know, a business, is there anything that they should be looking out for? Because you said, make sure it's legit and make sure obviously it meets like your needs and stuff like that. Um, But is there anything that they should be looking for specifically? Like, oh, maybe like, I don't know the structure of the business, the industry, like you already said the trends and stuff, but anything else?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, between you and I, I'm not, I'm not a business broker. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we would always recommend that, you know, when you need that sort of guidance, you need to have your acquisition team on hand. So oh, you for need sure. to have, you know, your accountant, your lawyer, your banker, or a business broker holding your hand. But, yeah. you know, as far as what we see from our, uh, you know, buyer seller connections, there obviously are, you know, what I would say red flags. Yeah. Um, you know, especially from a buyer perspective, if you have a seller that's not open to showing, your, showing their financials, uh, you know, that's, that's a, a red flag. Uh, cool. You know, it, from, a, from a seller perspective, if you have a buyer that's not open to signing an NDA, yeah. that's a red flag. So there are certain okay. red flags that you really want to look for. Yeah. Uh, but in my opinion, um, you know, you really need to take it seriously and have the right professionals helping you.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's great advice. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, you don't want to go out and make such a huge decision without having the right team in place. So that's very yeah, important. Because
1: every, honestly, like we see it, you know, we've, we've connected over $2 billion worth of businesses mm-hmm. and every connection, every acquisition, um, every business is unique and, and different. Of course. Uh, so there, there's, you know, there's so many uh, things to look for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Different nuances and stuff. Um, absolutely, all throughout the business. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. in terms of selling a business, like say somebody's at the end of their sort of journey with a business and they want to sell it. Is there anything that they should have sort of, um, I guess do before they even think about selling it? Like how do you make a business sellable?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think once again, it starts with those three pillars. Mm-hmm. Right? You want to focus on, um, on, on timing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if you're looking to sell a business, you know, you need to be preparing and planning for that three years before you actually start promoting okay. the sale. Awesome. Uh, you need to have your financials in order uh, and you need to make sure that if you're the founder or owner or, or, you know, manager of that business, that business is truly not dependent on you. Okay. Uh, if it is, you're a liability. Yeah. And uh, and it could affect the sale., uh, so I think you know as as a seller, you want to plan. You want to plan, you want to create uh, a sellable business off those three pillars. Um, and then you also want to take the valuation very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanna you wanna get it uh, properly evaluated to see what the business is worth and and if you can defend that valuation, uh, and then you go to market and you promote the sale of that business. Okay. Very interesting.
0: Yeah, and I actually read a book a while ago called The Four Hour Work Week. I don't know if you've ever read that one. Um, by I've, never read it. I've never it's, read it's it. It's very interesting because he um, at points in the book he talks about selling his business, and one of the things which you just mentioned is that you don't want to be an essential part. So like you should be able to like be sort of dispensable and just replaceable. Hundred percent. And yeah. and
1: and you know that's one of the things that business owners have a hard time. You know. Yeah. About their heads around, but you know, yes, you want to lead. Yes. You want to be there. Yes. You don't want to be a sideline, you know, player or owner, but you want to create operational principles and values, uh, and a culture, um, that, that, that basically could run without you. Right. Yeah. And once you do that, that's when your business, uh, in my opinion, can be less vulnerable Okay. uh, and therefore more valuable.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that like a business owner can do to work towards a more, not even autonomous, but like sort of a business that sort of runs on its own so that if they were thinking about selling, they can sort of do that?
1: Yeah. You know, one of the, I think two of the things that I would tell an owner right now is, uh, you know, something unrelated is one, you want to, you want to minimize the amount of perks Okay. Through your business. You know, um, you know, perks that essentially could minimize the amount of taxes. You know okay. that, that a business owner owns because yeah. essentially what ends up happening is you 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 also reduce the profits in the business, which okay. essentially reduces the valuation in the business. Okay. So you want to you want to minimize that. Uh, and, and then the next is, like I said before, you really want to start documenting. Things okay. because a buyer is buying an existing business because or, or sorry a buyer when they're buying an existing business they're really buying a system that mm-hmm. is tested and a system that works yeah right uh, so you want to document that and that usually happens through creating these you know operational principles uh, and and values uh, and a culture yeah uh, that is used to operating um, you know independent of whoever's leading the ship. Of course.
0: Yeah, so it's, you know, heavy on process, heavy on the way of doing things and not just, you know, the people, I guess, essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah it's you know, yeah, it's a it's a combination of yeah. both, but I think, you know, the the people in my opinion will be more valuable and more productive and more efficient and effective of course, yeah. when, when that framework yeah. is right?
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's a very interesting concept, because I know a lot of small businesses get stuck in sort of the cycle of, you know, the everyday tasks and not making those processes, you know, run by themselves. And it can be hard. So
1: yeah, it's so hard. And you're absolutely right. A lot of business owners, you know, they're, they're, you know, focused on like the today of the business. Yeah. But, you know, you need to you need to really pull yourself back and mm-hmm. think about your business. Uh, you know, two to three years from now. Yeah. And the only way to do that is for you not to be, uh, for you for your business not to be depending on you yeah. operate today. Uh, and the only way to do that is to have those you know those yeah. principles and and values and cultures mm-hmm. laid out so your business could run day to day so you could focus on the future
0: yeah which which makes a lot of sense, and you know it's one of those things I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, so sure. but it's, and I
1: think you know you you like like can you do this out the gate, yeah, probably not, but yeah. you can at least have a plan to get there right,
0: yeah, yeah, it just takes time, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, um in terms of say becoming a business owner. Um, whether you decide to purchase a business or sort of, you know, start your own business and then maybe sell it down the road. Is there any sort of tips that you would give to somebody um, thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, or starting a project um, like that? It could be a younger person um, because I know you have a background. You went to school um, yeah. and then you got into sort of the business world during school, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So would you recommend like sort of the foundational principles and the school? and then sort of starting your own side project?
1: Honestly, you know, the, that, that, that's a very hard question to answer because I think people just need to figure it out. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I love totally, asking that they, question. They, so. Yeah, they, like they need, they need to, ju- like one thing I can tell you is, you know, uh, go for it. Yeah. Uh, execute, like uh, learn, fail, learn, uh, grow um, jump, you know, you have that idea, go, go for it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, you know, the, the best, um, uh, the best advice I can give, you know, for, for me, did school, you know, provide me with, you know, the commerce for me to execute on my, you know, entrepreneurial imagination, maybe, mm-hmm. but that, that doesn't have to be the same story for everyone. Absolutely. I, I know a ton of brilliant entrepreneurs, you know, that, that had no foundation. Yeah and no schooling. Uh, and they, and they went for it, um, with, with, uh, with a passion, uh, and, and, and drive, uh, and with this discipline and commitment to like grow their idea and turn it into something real. And I think Absolutely. that's what it takes.
0: Right. Absolutely. Um,
1: but more around this question, yeah, I would implore um, people to think about entrepreneurship through acquisition. Okay. Right. So like one thing that we're really pushing is, is this whole awareness around entrepreneurship through acquisition, meaning that you don't need, uh, you know, to start, start a business to own one, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I do believe entrepreneurship through acquisition has the potential to drive uh, more people to entrepreneurship and business ownership versus the traditional entrepreneurial journey, which yeah. is identify this idea, grow it in your garage, uh, while risking everything at a high failure rate. And, yeah. and I think there's you know multiple reasons for that, right? Like of course. your acquisition is is less risky, right? Of course, yeah. Or uh, you're, you're, you're buying something that's established with a market fit uh, and money's being made. Of course. Uh, also, the, the return on investment is shorter, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're putting money into purchasing an existing business, it's generating return right away, right? You're, you have access to this living of course. Re- money-making business uh, that you have to nurture and grow versus this lag time uh, that could happen during the startups uh, uh, stage in the pre-revenue stages. Of course. And then the last and most important thing uh, is, is impact. Okay. Uh, You have existing relationships and stakeholders when you buy an an existing business, Mm -hmm. Um, starting a business from scratch, could be a very uh, lonely experience. Yeah. So I think you know entrepreneurship through through acquisition, in my opinion, does have a lot of ingredients uh, to to drive those individuals towards entrepreneurship and business ownership, especially um, those individuals that may lack those ideas, of but course. they have that entrepreneurial drive and um, drive and, and and I guess passion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You know, and that makes a lot of sense. And I love asking the question about, do you recommend people going to school? Like, because everybody has different opinions and I think, you know, depending on the person's background, they hear things like, Oh, you shouldn't go to school if you're an entrepreneur or you should go to school if you're an entrepreneur. And it's just very interesting. It's all depends on the person's path and you can always do two things at once too, you know, try stuff. So it's very interesting.
1: It's so true. And it's like, you know, for everyone listening out there, you, you need to just, like, like, for example, Gary V. Everyone mm-hmm. loves him. I yeah. love him. I'm a fan, and of he's course. you know, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, he he's a big talker on you, you know you don't need school, you don't need this, I know, you know exactly. That, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm not saying he's wrong. Uh, And then you, you know, and he also says, I never read any, I've never read any business books and that's Mm -hmm. great. Right. And then you have on the flip side, you know, people that are like, no school provides that structure and that discipline, of course, Um, you know, that problem solving attitude Mm -hmm. uh, and and that professionalism reading is, is a great source of, you know, mentorship. So you have all these, all these, all this noise, but what you really have to do as an entrepreneur is, is focus. Yeah. Reduce that noise you know, identify something that you think is an opportunity and go of course right? yeah. whether you're whether you're you've gone to school or whether you haven't yeah. that's it right no,
0: I totally agree, so focus, you know discipline, and then resilience to just sort that's of execute you. it yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it um that's great, and I really um find it interesting the differences between you know you're mentioning about. You know, buying a business versus starting a business. You know, it's like building a house from scratch versus you know, buying a house that people sell on the market. You know, it's it's the same sort of concept. Like they're two different things, you know, there's pros and cons of each, but especially for like return on investment, a lot quicker if you just buy a house, you know, like you don't have to wait that whole period of time. It's already a proven system. You're not, you know, determining what foundation will work on this house? I, I don't know. I don't build houses, oh, but true. yeah, like, it's just like, it's interesting. It's already been proven. So
1: it, it, it's so true. And, and I love that example because, you know, when you think about um, some investors that, that purchase real estate and, and, and homes and, you know, they renovate it and then they flip it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. This,
1: this is actually happening in the micro business market as well. You have a lot of these, that. you know, entrepreneurs that are buying existing businesses, they're uh, laying down the foundation, right? Those, yeah. those operational principles, those values, you know, that culture, they're putting their, your, you know, their little, uh, you know, mark on it and, and mm-hmm. growing that business and cleaning it up. And then they're selling it two, three or four or five years later yeah. uh, for double what they bought it for. Which is right? crazy. Yeah, that's so, amazing. You know, that, you know that, that exists and that's happening. We've seen it happen.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. Um, in terms of people buying and selling businesses, what's the industry that sort of has emerged um, sort of, I guess, right now in terms of 2020? Is there any industry that sort of stands out in a lot of activity happening there?
1: You know what? Uh, believe it or not, uh, everyone may, may uh, find this answer shocking, but uh, restaurants and food services uh, still take the lead.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Yeah. And, and I know there's, there's a lot of challenges in that space, but Mm -hmm. as far as our market uh, marketplace goes, a lot of people are still interested in that space uh, whether they're looking to buy or sell Um, you know, top three that drive the most activity uh, would would probably be, you know, restaurant food services. uh, And then you're looking at aesthetics, you're looking at uh, manufacturing and and wholesale. Okay. Uh, So, you know, those are, those are the spaces right now that we're seeing a ton of activity in
0: yeah which is very interesting i I wouldn't have guessed that food services, but it makes sense, you know, yeah everybody eats so <laughs> yeah yeah
1: and I think you know I think you know that space has a unique challenge where you know they need to uh get creative of course uh, they need to make the changes, they need to um, start start uh, i guess understanding how their business is going to look. Uh, if uh, God forbid another p- pandemic were to yeah. occur, right? uh, for example, I had the privilege of chatting with uh, Muhammad Fahi, who is yeah. the president of uh, Paramount Fine Foods. Yeah, he
0: came on the podcast actually. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. yeah. I chatted with him on uh, on a little segment I threw on Instagram Live maybe Great. months ago, and um, you know, and and he just recently launched. You probably know Box. Yeah. Um, and So that's the creativity that a lot of these people in that space have to have.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes a lot of sense because all of these restaurants are differentiating themselves, like whether it's through like gluten-free options, vegan options, like even that alone is just such a big market, you know, whether it's to-go, takeout, like even like things like Blaze Pizza, like. You know, it's a totally different business model uh, just because I just saw it. Like there's one um, by my house and it's just like a totally different business model. Like you go in there, you pick all the toppings and then they make, you're basically customizing a pizza and it's just a very different way of doing it Uh, and they do it in front of you. So like that sort of stuff. Um, So it makes a lot of sense that food uh, services would be at the top. So that's, that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, and you know the asterisk is there, there's a lot of turnover as well, right? Of course, yeah. So I think I think that space there, you know, a lot of people think it's easier, it's easier to to run and operate than it really is.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So
1: you'll you'll hear a lot of people. Well, I'm just gonna open up a restaurant. Yeah, like, well, are, are you sure? Yeah, like it's not like it's not. I understand. Like you could drive a ton of traffic and, 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 and find success, but you need to know how to run it properly. Of course. Right? So what ends up happening is a lot of, you know, new, uh, entrepreneurs that, you know, say, I'm just going to open up a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, they find themselves a year later saying, okay, I need to sell this restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You don't know what we're doing.
0: So yeah, no, for sure. And you know, Restaurants are costly, you know, they, you know, take a lot of expertise to run. Like you got to have everything in line and they're very competitive. It's a very competitive industry. Absolutely, Absolutely. Ah, It's very interesting. Um, in terms of your sort of daily life, your, your, you know, what you do on a regular basis, obviously things are a little bit different. Is there anything in your routine that you sort of have in your like sort of daily life that sort of makes you a better entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, so you know, I try, I try and get a head start uh, in the morning, pretty early before a lot of the noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm one of those entrepreneurs that will wake up at like five or five thirty a.m. Um, you know, consistently day in day out. I really lean on, um, you know, uh, the. To- I I went to actually listen to Tony Robbins once, and he said this while he was uh, presenting, uh, and I I call it the Tony Robbins approach. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The- even a thing, but basically, you know, every, every morning I spend three minutes, uh, in silence, uh, three minutes going over what I'm grateful for, uh, and three minutes going over what my goals are for the day and what awesome. my goals are for, you know, the year. Yeah. Uh, I do that every, every day. Uh, I also like to read. I like to at least put, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes a day. Uh, reading. Uh, I think it's very important. I find a ton of guidance and mentorship, uh, through reading, mm-hmm. Uh, and the last thing that I try to do, um, you know, consistently is, is, is give myself a cutoff, right? I, I love, uh, to be with my family and yeah. be there for dinner. Um, you know, obviously some days it's not possible yeah. as you're building a business, but consistently I like to be, uh, you know, I like to have dinner with my family uh, every great. day.
0: That's yeah. fantastic. That's awesome. Um, and that, that's, you know, that makes you a better person too, you know, that all those habits help you grow. So
1: yeah, absolutely, you know, getting a, getting a kick to the face, uh, you know, at, <laughs> uh, at uh, one in the morning from your little, uh, rug ride, you know, yeah. definitely makes you a better person.
0: Of course, <laughs> of course. Um, is, do you have any book recommendations, anything that you're reading right now?
1: Uh, so I'm reading right now, I'm reading a book called trailblazer. Okay. Mark Benioff uh, he's the uh founder and um i think he's still ceo or co ceo of salesforce okay um so i'm reading that right now so uh so far so good yeah um, you know he's very uh um he stands strong on on culture
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, he stands strong on um business uh, as a, as a great platform for change absolutely uh, so so far the reads uh pretty pretty good um, but I think as far as recommendation, a book that I, that I finished, mm-hmm. uh, I would recommend, um, uh, what's it called? Um, Oh, a uh, little black stretchy pants. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty great read. Um, it's, it's about business and life. Um, great. and it's actually, it's from Chip Wilson. He's the, okay. uh, founder, uh, of Lululemon. Okay. So, in that book he does like I said, he does a great job of writing about business and life yeah uh, he, he does um, um, he he writes about you know the strength in branding, you know being a marketing guy, you may love mm-hmm. uh, read as well absolutely uh, yeah he was, a, he was brilliant at marketing um, you know the book had a um, a lot of content around just you know the commitment to work in life and yeah. that integration and wellness. Uh, and also he, he, now that I'm starting to remember the book at the end, he provides all sorts of great, you know, uh, goal setting frameworks, uh, that's that great. I think every entrepreneur uh, should dig into. I've actually, um, uh, photocopied a couple of them and put it on my wall and I've, you know, edited them for, for my life, but I would definitely recommend that book. Yeah.
0: That's great. Awesome. I love it. Um, you know, and books, you know, are how you grow, as we said before, so that's,
1: it's amazing. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, I love, like, and this is another thing, right? Like, for example, you need to figure this out on your own. Yeah. Like, I like growing up. I was an athlete. I, um, you know, I was a, a great student, yeah. but you know, I didn't like reading. right? <laughs> I was the same way. <laughs> I didn't like reading. You know, I found and I felt I recently have probably fo- I fallen in love with reading probably in the last I say five years, yeah. right. But you need to figure it out on your own. You need to give things a shot. Like, for example, if I was a young entrepreneur, you know, listening to Gary V right now, yeah. I wouldn't need to pick up a book. I know. Yeah. But, right. But you like, yes, you got to take things with a grain of salt. You need to figure it out on your own. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I picked up my first book and, and like I said, that's my source of mentorship. Mm-hmm. You know, I get so much guidance uh, from, from my reads
0: yeah no, I, I totally agree with you. When I was growing up, my mom always used to say that the minute I had a book, I was going to take a nap just because I just could not stay awake. I don't know just growing up, and then I don 't know something clicked, uh, and then I just started getting into reading. but it's very interesting, especially for you know everybody's into you know the big names like Gary Vee and stuff like that. But sure. I think one of the things that everybody needs to sort of keep in mind, not only find their own path but also, I guess listen to other people, hear different opinions. Um, just because if you get super like stuck on Gary Vee, you know, you might hear like no school, don't go drop out of school and it might not be the best decision for everybody. So,
1: yeah, you need to listen, listen, you need you, in my opinion, as an entrepreneur, it's all about learning, yeah. learning on your own. um, you need, you need to, uh, take things with a grain of salt mm-hmm. uh, and you, 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 you really need, you know, uh, to find your own path Yeah. Uh, I think the only way to do that is to listen to multiple stories. Yeah, um, li- listen to multiple. You know, dig in on multiple journeys. Absolutely. Right? Um, you know, um, for example, I had a conversation with Mark Randolph. He was the okay. co-founder of Netflix. Oh, awesome! And um, co- uh, co-founder and co- uh, and the first CEO of Netflix. Wow. And you know, he's one of those entrepreneurs as well. Like he created arguably one of the best startup slash you know uh st- pieces of technology today like their stock i yeah. think was the best performing in history yeah um, and you see his attitude towards entrepreneurship as well like he literally you know says like you have all these entrepreneurs that they're on their sixth startup and sixth wife mm-hmm. he's like i didn't want to be that guy yeah Right. So you need to like figure it out on your own. Yeah. Uh, And and that doesn't mean you won't be successful. Absolutely. Right. Right? Uh, One of the worst things that was ever said to me when I was uh, starting BizOn was, um, uh, I, I forget his position, but he was one of those, you know, gatekeepers to VCs. And yeah. he was just asking me questions. He's like, oh, so what's going on? What are you excited about? I said, I'm actually expecting my first child. I'm so excited. He looked at me and said, oh, you're not going to make it as an entrepreneur. Oh my
0: gosh. I'm wow. Like,
1: wow. I'm like, seriously?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, like, is there like, a, like a, a cookie cutter to what makes an entrepreneur? It's
0: crazy. Yeah.
1: So, that's why. Like, you know, jump in, learn, mm-hmm. but, you know, create your own path. Yeah, take things with a grain of salt and just and go from there. Like I could read a book where I could like agree with a ton of points, but then also disagree with a ton of points, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, right. Absolutely. No, no, for sure. Um, I love it. Any app recommendations that you use on a regular basis? Any specifics? Uh, like what kind? Like it could be anything. Apps, websites, doesn't matter.
1: Uh, well, I love Twitter. Does that count? Yeah,
0: yeah that's an app. Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> I, you know, I love I love Twitter. Uh, a big fan of Slack. Um, of course, yeah. Black. Um but you know, I, I guess like from a productivity perspective, uh Zoho. I don't know if you've ever heard of Zoho.
0: I have. I've never tried it before.
1: Zoho is pretty good, especially for our CRM. Um, okay. And uh and honestly, my calendar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my calendar Essentials. App. Oh my god. Like my cal like literally like my ca- like I stay super committed to my calendar and it's like in five minute slots and I work off it. And that's what keeps me super organized. Like, I honestly think your calendar app is probably the most underrated for sure uh, app that you have. A lot of people don't leverage it. I think, and I think they should.
0: Yeah. They yeah, just, yeah. absolutely. Do you schedule everything? Like even breaks and stuff like that or everything? Awesome. Very. Everything.
1: Good. And if I know, if I know that, you know, there's, there's, you know, um, for example, this podcast yeah. potentially being scheduled on, on a certain day Mm -hmm. we'll put placeholders there very cool yeah yeah absolutely it keeps you it keeps you organized
0: yeah yeah it keeps you mentally organized too which is very important
1: oh my god yes you want to get this clutter out of here yeah just document it
0: absolutely do you use uh apple android uh apple apple Apple, yeah (laughs) i'm apple as well yeah it's a great calendar so i can't complain (laughs) with that. yeah awesome um so, in terms of the future, any big things coming with the business that we can expect? Um,
1: yeah. So, I think. Um, well, the business or our, like the business or like our space. Yeah, just business space. Yeah. Okay. From I guess from our business, you know, we've uh, recently went through a, a rebrand okay. uh, after six years. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, for, for us, uh, it's a funny but also sad story. Our old brain just was associated with negative things okay. uh, um, that didn't align with our values. Yeah. Um, and, and we actually ended up, uh, you know, through data, uh, seeing that it was affecting our, you know, our, our organic search ranking as well. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we said to ourselves, you know, all, all of the stakeholders deserve better. So we made, we recently made a bold move. Uh, to change the name um, and and evolve and grow into this organization that adds value to the world by empowering people to love what they that, do. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so we're really excited for um, you know for that chapter. Yeah. Uh, we also launched uh, a top twenty-five business broker um, awesome. report. Awesome. Um, and the goal there was just to give business brokers kind of this, kind of you know kudos and credibility. Uh, that they've earned and and deserve. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we work with business brokers every day, and all of them are you know eager to learn and yeah. aren't afraid to explore and, and crave technology to help uh, you know them uh, buy or sell businesses for their clients. Absolutely. Uh, and through my personal conversations with many of them, you know, you could tell like they ha- they have this deep, pur- you know, purpose. A uh, majority of them, at least, have this deep purpose to build this, you know, better future and stronger economy. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, you know, we all align on that on on the same thing that you know it starts and finishes with the transition of uh, of small businesses. That's good. So this, you know, we're really excited about that report. We're, we're promoting, I think this week, we're, in, we're promoting the, the top five now. Um, and we're just, you know, we created it to thank them and just create more awareness around entrepreneurship through acquisition and what business brokers uh, do. So we're really excited about that. That's um, fantastic. As far, yeah, as far as the industry, what really excites me about the industry is that, you know, there's, there's going to be this, um, this big collision between baby boomers retiring of course and, yeah and younger generation shifting from wanting a nine to five to being their own boss yeah um, you know the last time I checked the data uh, it, it, I, I believe it was in the next ten years about 72 percent of small businesses plan to exit and 40 mm-hmm. percent plan to exit to a third party, wow, so I think there's this great opportunity uh, for service business owners looking to transition and, and create a legacy, yeah uh, in addition to having this opportunity uh, to educate people about entrepreneurship through acquisition and letting them know you know they don't need to start a business to own one yeah, so really excited about that as well
0: that's fantastic, I love it, yeah, yeah. and that's going to be a big thing you know the minute that happens, and you already see it happening you know a lot of younger people looking to get into business. And then a lot of, you know, the boomers are sort of maybe at the end of uh, their business road. Some of them. Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, and, and, you know, on, you know, on the flip side, you know, you start, or at least for me, what keeps me up at night is can you just imagine, you know, all these amazing micro businesses that you know, like I said, that create that are the fabric of our communities. Of course, yeah. Just disappearing because yeah. a they didn't create a sellable business, yeah. Or b didn't think they can sell their business, so they're like, yeah. you know what, we we'll just close close up shop, right? Can right. you imagine the amount of businesses our economy would lose and the amount of jobs as yeah. well, right? Course, so yeah. you know, we're we're driven to make sure that that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Small businesses are definitely the backbone of you know. Canada, North America, just in general, like key. That's key. Um, Awesome. So at the end of every single podcast, we do a question of the day. So the question is just a question that you can sort of ask the audience and it can be anything. It could just be anything and they'll hear it and then they'll respond in some sort. Yeah. Uh, Oftentimes, you know, they'll spam messages just on, you know, Social media and stuff like that. So, if you have a question, it could be anything. What's your favorite color? It could be anything. So,
1: okay, uh, okay. Uh, how do you imagine your life looking when looking like when you're 90?
0: I love it. I love it. That's something for people to ponder. That's fantastic. Awesome. So that is it for today. Where can everybody find you?
1: Yeah. So uh, you can find me on on Twitter Great. <laughs> at Lucio Presta. Uh and then you know for for our marketplace uh simply go to buyandsellabusiness.com. Great. I love it.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was a great conversation. We learned a lot about entrepreneurship, business, acquisitions, and I think it's very helpful for people.
1: Really appreciate it. Thanks awesome. so much.
0: No problem. All right, so until
1: next time everybody,
0: stay tuned for the next episode and we'll catch you later. Thank you so much.
1: medium cream